Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Entitlement Podcast. This episode is What Happens When You Die? My name is Josh Androsky. With me, my co-host, vice contributor, Grant Pardee. Hello. Uh, And we've got some great guests uh, to my left. If you want to visualize the podcast setup is Guy Branham. Hello. Good to be here. And directly across from me, of course, uh, Billy Wayne Davis. Hello. And to my right, our resident death expert, Megan Rosenblum. Hi there. So, uh, Megan, uh, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about what this podcast is uh, about. Uh, in America today, we can talk about pretty much anything, yet we don't ever really talk about death. It seems like it's the last taboo. So uh, this podcast is to just talk about it and, and talk about different uh, rituals from different cultures and then to ask uh, some very interesting, funny people what they think happens when they die. And so uh, we are going to start with Megan, who has brought in a very interesting death ritual. Megan, take it away. All right. So the death practice we're going to talk about tonight is all about perspective and about making lemons out of lemonade. Uh, Tibet is... Making in- lemons out of lemonade sounds like taking a good thing and making it worse. Oh, <laughs> Making lemonade out of lemons. Oh, now I like it. There we go. Like making lemons out of lemonade is like the Holocaust. Wow, (laughs) yeah, you would. Yeah, I completely messed it up, didn't I? Or magic. Yeah, if you could take a solid liquid and turn it into a solid. Liquid and turn it into a lemon, like a frozen lemon. That actually is more impressive than making lemonade out of lemons. I think they did that on the fourth season of Top Chef. It was molecular (laughs) gastronomy. (laughs) Yes. Well, I'm glad this is off to a great start. Thank you very much. (laughs) For me, anyway. Maybe we'll take some lemons and then make lemonade. See, I'm just changing your perspective already. I'm just completely turning it. Oh, shit. What's happening? That's what happens in Tibet, too, apparently, I'm going to say. Tibet is situated in the Himalaya Mountains in one of the most inhospitable climates in the world. So the average Tibetan village is about 16,500 feet above sea level. So the average place people live is higher than any point in the United States. And the parts that aren't covered in snow are often these high desert plateaus with winds and and, uh, these, like, freezing winds. So you might know that when people die climbing Mount Everest that their bodies are just left there, right? Yeah, yeah. They're just there. And, like, you see, like, maps and, and, like, whatever they had in their backpack. Yeah. They're just left on the mountain because you can't get someone down from there. And there are at least 200 bodies on Everest. And people actually use them, hikers use them as landmarks. Like, oh, good, we made it to Green Boots, you know, we're almost there. <laughs> like, And that's actually one of the real guys is Green Boots. He's like right by this one cave that everybody passes. That, so that's a real example. That would be like the worst thing to happen in like Los Angeles if like Google Maps was like did that for like homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like to get to uh, In-N-Out Burger, make it left at guy that washes Diana Ross's star. <laughs> <laughs> So, of course, the conditions in Tibetan villages aren't as extreme as the peaks of Everest, but there are some similarities that exist. So the ground is rocky and hard, so you can't bury bodies, if, and it's almost impossible. And because it's above the tree line, it's really difficult to get wood to burn to and or fuel to cremate bodies. So Sounds what do they beautiful. do? In the spring. spring. (laughs) Yeah, it just sounds... Maybe there are places where human beings shouldn't live. Maybe. (laughs) 
Yeah, but what <laughs> happens if you just happen to be there and you happen to die? What do what do they do? Um, so one ancient Tibetan Buddhist method that is still totally used today is known as Tibetan sky burial, which is a really beautiful, pretty sounding thing, right? Yeah, it sounds like a, a an Ann Getty's checkbook. I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I want to get it into the Airbnbs there. Yeah. <laughs> you might not think it's so pretty when I'm done describing what it is, but descriptions of the process vary widely. There are probably some regional like styles and stuff. Um, Everybody puts their own spin on yeah, the sky Yeah, their own thing. Uh, and Westerners possibly not understanding what they're seeing have described When you say regional of Tibet, you mean like that mountain and that other mountain? Like, yeah, the west side of the mountain, right. the east side, you know, just okay. like L.A. Southern Tibetans bring a lot of casseroles to sky burial. <laughs> right, yes. totally, yeah. absolutely. they're closer to the tree line. The yeah. east side, uh, of course, brings the tacos to the burials, and there's the better uh, bars on the east side of Tibet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Absolutely. <laughs> so... The more elaborate sort of jator version uh, involves a monk or a, I'm see if I not mess this up, rojiapas, which is called a body breaker. Whoa! And so he will... My nickname in college. (laughs) The body breaker. He will cut off all the flesh from the bones of a naked corpse and then smash the bones with a rock until they're in small shards and then mix them with barley flour and some other, sometimes some herbs, secret herbs and spices type of thing. And then at this point, there are dozens of giant vultures who are all probably kind of hanging out around mm-hmm. the area because they know what time it is, right? Yeah, it's and then, food time. Dead yeah. body time. Uh, the guy's just ringing the dinner bell at this point. Well, yeah. the crazy thing is, is that a lot of times the guy actually does beckon with his hand and then all the vultures come down and they eat the person and they completely disappear within minutes sometimes or maybe closer to an hour depending on how hungry the vultures are. So like a terrifying nightmare version of the lady from Home Alone 2. (laughs) (laughs) But also just really efficient. That's so efficient. Incredibly efficient. If you can't bury them and you can't burn them then feed an animal at least. Right. So what they're doing is like helping the animal they're like preparing food for the animal to make it easier for the animal to eat um and then poof you're gone right so the idea is that uh birds ate all your remains you're buried in the sky so you're eaten and then the birds fly away right i think that's awesome and that's tibetan sky burial is that what nelly Furtado was singing about when she was like <laughs> i'm like a bird i always fly away but she doesn't know where her home is because she's been eaten she doesn't have a home anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She is now in the air. She's in the sky. She can feel it in the air tonight. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Lord. Great that crossover. is also where her career is. Boom. Boom. Thank you. Harsh Thank you. and anti-Nelly yes. Furtado hey, talk. That. Everything ends. <laughs> <laughs> so cheaper version of this process also takes place. But this is actually kind of expensive because you got the monk and you got the whole thing. You got to hire the body breaker. Right. And um, But another version of it in more remote areas of Tibet is just to leave the body out on a cliff somewhere and then the birds can kind of eat them at, at their own pace and eventually, you know, skeleton and, you know. It's Montessori sky burial. Yeah. It's just a vulture <laughs> just doing Sort it. of doing this yeah. natural thing. I think that's how they bury people in Barsta. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. And so usually someone's family is nearby, but they don't watch the sky barrel, as you can imagine why someone wouldn't necessarily want to do that. But, yeah. the, but the monks are generally encouraged to watch and contemplate their mortality, which is a big part of Tibetan Buddhist thought and tradition, right? 
And so the process might seem a bit much for Western sensibilities, although you guys seem pretty on board, so maybe not. Uh, but in- It seems utilitarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, extremely. Yeah. It's like the only time that cutting off flesh and destroying bones with a rock is like the really like practical move. Yeah, yeah. it's totally. like a touching circle of life thing. I don't know why it they is. left it out of Lion King. <laughs> Yeah, they had the whole elephant uh, graveyard there, but they could have just smashed the bones and made it easier for the hyenas to make off with. Yeah. Right? We should re. This is our rewrite of. This is our reboot of Lion King. A gritty reboot of the Lion King. But this is like the way. This is the way death works in everybody without culture. Like with with animals. This is how Mm -hmm. it worked forever. And there is something so weird that we decided to take this thing where you stop being a person. And like, just put a huge amount of ritual around it, and it also makes a huge amount of sense that you put a huge amount of ritual around the notion of us ending. But like, it is sort of strange that like, it, in in not so many cultures, did it survive as just a thing of and and even there, th- there are like you know the the ritual of it all, or there it's very similar to Zoroastrian uh, towers of silence, hey. where you just go up to the top of a tower and put the body there, and then vultures come. But even that still has like. Culture. Symbolism. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just being like, well, it's not a person anymore. It's meat. <laughs> right. But uh, uh, there is like there's culture to this, which is amazing because it, it, it's the it bridges the gap. Yeah. You have the monk, which represents the culture. And then you have him do like what is the most normal, like animalistic. I love thing. that they still get money involved. Yeah. Like, well, that way's pretty expensive because you got to get the fat guy, and then he's got to lay on the body. Always then... upselling. Yeah, but the um, uh, yeah. Oh, but that's, that's, in terms of the I t- mean, that's what happened to American burial too, because it used right. to be the, they just threw them in the ground mm-hmm. and the, everything ate them. Next thing you know, there's the there's platinum box. plus package yeah. where you're <laughs> getting like yeah. chocolate treats for the vultures, and, <laughs> and there's status involved. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah Are so you guys suggesting that when I die and I'm buried in my favorite? Sunday best J Crew suit that I'm not going to stay like that forever. <laughs> the Grant, we've got some really bad news oh, for you. No! <laughs> I'm going to ruin the rest of your life. Um, the in Tibetan Buddhism, like you're saying about the tradition, and everything a corpse is a shell. There's no there's no person um, associated with the body anymore, which is not the case for a lot of different traditions like Christianity and stuff like that. Like traditionally in like Catholicism, for instance, you would need to have your body to be resurrected. Like it would need to exist or whatever. But in Tibetan Buddhism, they're kind of like, once you leave your corpse, it's a shell and you're already on to your next incarnation. So this is just speeding Mm -hmm. the process along, but also they see it as an altruistic you know way to feed the animals you know animals helped feed you you feed the animal you know that kind yeah. of thing and um it's better than bread <laughs> yeah and as you guys can tell like there are a lot of people in the west now who think that this is a pretty cool idea yeah. right? oh, i have a joke mm-hmm. i'm sorry uh, in grant, uh josh <laughs> is it is it better than the best of bread <laughs> Uh, I'm referencing uh, the album, The Best of Bread. <laughs> oh, my God. You brought I the got band it. Bread into <laughs> this? I got it. I'm sorry. Guy. Hey, you know, we're on the same wavelength. You already <laughs> mentioned the Zoroastrians. I mean. Those are your two things. If you were, I mean, you are happily married, but if you were to start an OkCupid profile, it would be Towers of Silence, <laughs> Silence and, and Bread. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Only Guitar Man 69 would sweep you off your feet. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... So the 
you know, the West, you know, in the West now we're thinking, hey, this is a pretty cool idea. This is super green. This is like the greenest burial, right? This is really great. Yeah. What were you saying last episode? How many pounds of concrete goes into your average grave? Two tons into your average grave. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, That blew my mind. Yeah. It's horrible. Besides all the other, you know, metals and everything that go in the ground with the, with the, um, you know, traditional <laughs> casket yeah, or whatever. Asshole. It's really yeah, right. Yeah, we and, suck. And it's only in America that we do this stuff. Really, I mean, <laughs> number know, one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they don't even really, you know, do embalming in in Mexico as much or in Canada as much or let alone Europe at all, mm-hmm. pretty much. But we do all these weird things, and we think it's super normal, and it's not. But uh, the Tibetan sky burial thing, just to like close that out. So it's totally illegal in the U.S. You can't do it at all. And for like a lot of reasons. You can't smash a corpse. I assume like yeah. mutilation of a you corpse You can't is leave a body out to be eaten by animals. Spe- is that specifically a law? Yeah, you can't do it. If a a wo- lot of my friends want to do it. Like a lot of my friends in the sort of natural death movement want to do it. And it's totally not legal to do it. If a wolf kills me... It- is the wolf breaking a law if it continues to eat me? No, but if I see a wolf kill you, I have to then endanger my life to make sure the wolf does not eat you. Which or was the, I go to the original ending of Seinfeld. <laughs> I think it's just if you were the network had so many notes on that yeah, version yeah. of the script. If the wolf killed you it. and then you know got bored of eating you or whatever and like went to take a nap and then Josh walked by and saw you laying there, someone would have to report it. You can't just like leave a body there to be eaten. Um, Is there a warrant out for that wolf's arrest? Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. If I walk wolf? up and there's a wolf eating a body, I'm gonna let the wolf continue to eat the body it's his body let's be fair any any band of wolves under like 20 would get full off of me like there would be a fair (laughs) amount of me left so are you saying power man 5000's anthemic hit let the bodies hit the floor is just talking about breaking the law i thought they were upstanding young men and this blows my mind i thought it was the worm they were talking about (laughs) dennis rodman Mm-hmm. It's really just, you know, you can bury someone naturally in certain states, in certain ways in the U.S., like where you can, you know, dig a hole and just put them in the ground. You know, that's cool. To be but clear, you, you can bury anyone any way you want. <laughs> you say that like Rust Cole. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, there is kind of a little, like, dark joke in, in the natural death community that <laughs> the best, like... The 100% way to make sure that you get green buried is to be murdered. <laughs> yeah. That's you know, mafia. if somebody, mm-hmm. like, dumps you in the in the swamp somewhere, then you're probably <laughs> just going to, you know, disintegrate naturally. It's a terrible thing. You're right. You are changing my perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew the mafia went green before yeah. we did? Although the cement shoes. Right. But still, that's not 2,000 pounds. Exactly. No, yeah. yeah. So Tibetan sky burial was actually illegal in Tibet for a little bit um, from, like, the 60s to the 80s. Because the Chinese like cultural revolution, and everything they're like, nope, you can't do this anymore. You mean the Chinese were not like supportive of an <laughs> independent identity for Tibet? That's so surprising. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's inconsistent. I it's know. very inconsistent. Um, but the surprising part to me is that they've kind of backed off a little bit since then, and they're like, oh yeah, this is okay. You know, it's no, not uh, the best. Sorry, we need as, as many positive green things as we can get here in China. <laughs> the Chinese opposed it because they just needed the raw mass of Tibetan bodies to put in dams they were building. <laughs> <laughs> 
we weren't starving enough of our own people. <laughs> we gotta outsource bodies. Concrete is expensive. <laughs> we filled up all these graves with concrete. Now we have no concrete left to build a dam. Um, well, uh, I, I think we gotta wrap up this portion. Yeah, of- just one like real quick little thing sure. was that uh, it's also losing popularity in Tibet in general because the vulture population is shrinking because they're being killed by like rat poison and all this stuff. So they used to have these. I mean, these vultures are huge. They're not like you Wait, you'd see. I'm sorry, they're killed by rat poison because people are putting out rat poison, or because people are eating rat poison and the vultures are eating them. Well, that so because rat poison is out in the in the world, then vultures are ended up say eating okay. a rat or whatever. But they're also saying that now that Western medicine is more sort of entrenched in Tibet, that the and this is from a Chinese newspaper, so I'm not 100 percent sure. Like I'm not 100 percent endorsing this, but <laughs> it said that the um, Western style medicine treatments that people in Tibet are now have access to, that the birds don't like the smell of the medicinal and, like, disinfected corpses, and they're like, eh. Oh, so they're like, like, it's not The ones like, that are around are like, no, thanks. The vulture's like, ah, oh, man, like, that guy smells like Prozac. That's gross. Mm-hmm. I want him to smell like a dead body. They want organic humans. That's the joke I was going to make. <laughs> I want a grass-fed human. Yeah. <laughs> Is it local? Local. <laughs> Only the west side of Tibet for me, please. Thank you very much. Um, and, yeah, so they built some more cremation facilities in these remote areas to, like, try to accommodate the need, whereas, you know, cremation used to just be for the most wealthy and, like, you know, important religious people in Tibet. Now it's becoming more, uh, more common because the sky burial thing isn't happening as much and like not necessarily because of what people want but because of what's like available right now so that's sky burial for you wow yeah well thank you very much uh <laughs> megan rosenblum thanks uh that was awesome so that- so did i can de- reconstruct the lemon out of the yes, lemonade <laughs> you took the watery lemonade and then you hired a body breaker <laughs> and then formed it into a nice neat lemon and then we watched a vulture eat it and thought, huh, yeah, that's how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. This is exactly how it should be. Megan Rosenblum. Thank yeah. you very much. Uh, feel free to hang out if you'd like. Cool. Uh, and now uh, I'm going to turn to my guests. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, what, what would we think? What is our personal Tibetan sky burial? So I'll start with you, Billy. Um, what's your, like, sort of uh, pie in the sky idea like of all the different death cultures you've heard uh you know rituals uh, excuse me uh for burial uh like for example burial like for me what i, I want a hybrid new orleans jazz viking <laughs> funeral mm-hmm. i would like to be marched through the town with a dixieland band and uh you know some uh, awesome band uh brass band playing be uh put yeah. onto a wooden boat sent out into the ocean and have my daughter daughter <laughs> Uh, shoot a flaming arrow into the boat, and then I disintegrate into the ocean. Okay. That would be my just subtle, maybe. yeah, <laughs> quiet, Joshy? just a quiet death. Yeah, I hate to uh, break it to you, darling. Yeah, it's not a real Viking burial. Well, it's real to me, and this <laughs> you is you can America. still do it. Well, he said hybrid. You could just call it, a, you know, Josh burial, but the Vikings didn't do that. Well, the Vikings, <laughs> no flaming ships. You can call it no. You can call it a Hollywood Viking. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because it's a Hollywood construct. It's did not the liberal Viking. media invent uh, Vikings, it too? Was, it was the Jews. No, what haven't the Jews touched? <laughs> As a Jew, I'm offended <laughs> at other Jews for inventing Vikings. There's a very good uh, 
video on my friend Caitlin Doty's YouTube channel called Ask a Mortician about Viking burial, and and she kind of breaks apart the the myths of it, but then they actually kind of do one like the Hollywood version with a real friend of mine's grandma in a little toy boat and some cremated remains. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I want the Hollywood one, baby. Only in Hollywood. I like the idea that in like 1952, they were making like a, a cinemascope movie. And in the original draft of the script, they were just sitting Shiva. And then <laughs> somebody from MGM had to go to, you know, Donald Saperstein, who had written it, and was like, they don't sit Shiva. And then they had to make something up. <laughs> a bunch of Vikings wearing like loincloths, like covered in gold and beards. They're just like just old men I sitting there. I think they did that. <laughs> uh, so well then I, I, I still I, I'm sticking to my guns I want uh, that uh, weird hybrid uh, funeral uh, you know sometimes life imitates art and so what would you of all of the rituals you've heard of uh, before or, or even not like it, it could be as simple as just like oh, I want to be cremated like what, um, what would you prefer <clears throat> that does make sense to me uh, the cremation part I don't understand leaving I, I think the uh it all changed i didn't understand a lot of it uh i was never scared of death i don't think in my whole i've always had a decent understanding of it um but when my best one of my best friends died when right before our senior year and it was like the most peaceful time i've ever experienced in my life was when i went and viewed the body and i looked down and i was like oh it's it's a fucking vehicle he's somewhere else that is and then as you get older you read more and it's like oh that's energy Mm -hmm. our energy is somewhere else so from that point and then my fifth grade teacher who i loved so much and her husband was a very interesting man he donated his body to science which i thought oh. was very interesting and i was like that makes a lot of sense or just burning it and turn it into ash and i think i lean at this point in my life because uh, i had a friend who found someone's ashes in the street in seattle um and just he still has them. He's moved like four times, and he always takes it with him. He doesn't know who the guy is. Was and, it like labeled? Uh, it's labeled with some dude's name. Has uh, he like tried to like look? I up? think so. I think he's done the whole thing and can't really find anybody. Oh wow! Um, oh, and it's just this big plastic bag of ashes. Wow! Um, and then seeing how much that was, I was like, ah, just give my body to science because that's still a lot of. I guess. I mean, it's still dust. We could just throw it in the ocean, but at the same time, it's it was That's a lot up. of dust. Yeah, yeah, that's a big bag. Well, yeah, a lot and of times I talked you... to talked to him about. I was like, "Do you want to just go throw it?" We were in Seattle. I was like, "Let's just go throw it in the ocean." And he was like, "No." He's like, "I I want to hold on to it." So I think he's playing. I think I think he's romantic. So I think one day he thinks somebody will be like, "Find him" or something, like, or he'll find somebody, and it'll yeah. Which I hope super it does. Romantic. I that'd hope be, he does too. That would yeah. be fucking cool, but I doubt it. <laughs> you know, you can have it both ways because if you donate your body to science, like a med school or something, and after they poke it, they can burn it, right? Yeah, and then okay. your family can get it back if they want. Oh, sounds like my ex-wife. <laughs> my uh, my girlfriend's dad, his his father wanted his ashes spread at the uh, finish line of Churchill Downs. Okay, so. Uh, he went to sneak in, and they they caught him sneaking in. And they're like, "What are you doing?" He was like, oh, "My dad wanted his ashes." And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, people do that all the time. Just going in. Yeah, you should have just called, and we we'll let you in. It's okay." And yeah, like, we got a guy. To, we yeah, got an ash like, guy. That's that's the thing that happens all the time. He was like trying to sneak over a fence. And like, <laughs> With what the are you back doing? of a body yeah, in it. Just, 
He's like, oh, okay. Here you go. Do you know where a popular place that people dump ashes illegally is? In, in Disneyland. In, yes. Yeah. Where? Really? Really? Where? What? Where in Disneyland? Best oh, place. Haunted oh, Mansion. Pirates. Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. Really? Yep. Of course. Yeah. In the dark. Of course. You know the poor Disneyland people have to sweep up ashes people. from people That's all hilarious. the time. That's where I want to go. I want to go into the vacuum cleaners at Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that makes perfect sense because you're in the dark. You're in the little thing, mm-hmm. and then you just kind of are like when you get to like the ghosts that follow you home. Yeah. You just throw it in there. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. All right, so guy, what about you? What would your preferred I, method? I actually was a like when I was a kid, I was like, no, they should build a monument to me. I want to <laughs> die in one of the statue ways. Um, but then as time went on, I was like, that's stupid. And I I was actually fascinated by the concept of like sky burial and just like, it's just so practical. It's just sort of saying like, well, you're just going back into this system. And it's like, there's something weird about the way that like even um, cremation is denying you participation in the process of the system. Like it's just sort of oh, that's de- true. destroying the energy from your body mm-hmm. as opposed to just sort of like letting it, you know, be letting your body be eaten. Here's a question I had for you because the other day at work I made some sort of, cause I read a lot of Wikipedia entries and then a lot of the time I don't remember what I was saying, <laughs> but it was, um, about, I thought it was Tibetan Buddhists, uh, eating dead people as an aggressive act of saying this is not this is just meat now this is not a human being anymore oh. and then i could not find any data to back myself I up i can on tell that. you what you're probably th- yes. what you probably read yes which is a lot of times with these sky burials and stuff sometimes the the monks will take like the scalp of somebody uh-huh. and then use the um top as a a, a cup like oh. a skull cup, and they'll drink their tea out of it to be like that's like a memento mori type of thing, where the they're like drinking out of the top of somebody's like skull or whatever. That's a thing that that is true and happens. You can find pictures online of of the cups and stuff that exist. So sometimes uh, the monks do take like souvenirs and use them for to is like that as the right word. To <laughs> I mean, it's the ultimate souvenir. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I guess they, you're right. You know, take pieces uh, to use in their like practice yeah that's such a, a thing that they such that a gift shop yeah. <laughs> um, but the honest answer is probably being cremated and then be like i'm always like yeah the, the ocean why not just the ocean you'll be part of the pacific ocean it's such a nice big thing except i really don't uh, like or agree with a lot of things that are going on underneath the surface of the ocean like the top of the ocean is super cool but underneath that there are a lot of animals doing things that are just really really sketchy <laughs> anglerfish yeah um i'm and, terrified of the ocean so i'm on, on, i'm totally with see you the, for political reasons you don't want to be dumped in the but, ocean but the notion of having <laughs> conceptual memorial this is the weird thing about death is like you like you have these gravestones and then two generations later no one remembers who you are mm-hmm. um unless you're famous unless you're famous oh can i interject i've been really to sam kennison's and it's just the tiny little plaque in the ground yeah hmm. and like you and it's in this huge cemetery in tulsa oklahoma and there are these huge headstones of these Who people the you never headstones. That's you've my question. never heard of before. These huge headstones, and then you know you go, "Hey, where's Kennison's?" And they're like, "Oh, it's over there." And it just says, "Dad, brother," and wow, something like that. Yeah, I I, I saw just to interject real quick about a headstone uh, epitaph. Uh, 
I uh, was at uh, Mount Sinai, which is the uh, the Jewish forest lawn, uh, to uh, on a Mother's Day to visit my bubby. Uh, it was my mom wanted to go to the grave, and I was walking by, and in the wall there was like there was like a wall where people were mm-hmm. in. I assume that's cremated bodies inside of the wall. It can be. It can be. All right. It, it didn't like, look that it, it's thick. Like Maybe they were skinny juice. Um, it depends. It, it's a little thing. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. Sometimes uh, they're the there's the big ones. Too. Oh, so it, it was little, but it was like the ultimate, like like as a Jew, like I just loved this so much, like passive aggressive uh, thing. <laughs> it said uh, it was like Elaine, uh, beloved sister, no more secrets, which is what? like oh, death yeah. slam. <laughs> like that is. Like, uh, uh, there's the whole thing. It's like, oh, well, that's all for the people that are still living. You know, like the mausoleum, the memorial, all that <laughs> shit. Like, that's all for people that are still living. And that is definitely like, a, like, oh, really? <laughs> Fuck you, Janet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? The question is, like, it's clearly a secret lesbian situation. <laughs> it has to be. It has, it to, has be. to be. And I'm going to assume that her friend, Rachel, did that in like a we could never admit this to the family during our lives. But that's only because it's basically Rachel calling, I'm calling her Rachel, calling Elaine a pussy mm-hmm. yeah. as a dead person. Yeah. 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 I just, I, that, that blew my mind. That was like the most like, fuck you literally forever. But okay, I'm, my tiny little hometown in Northern California has no synagogue in any way, but we do have a tiny, tiny Jewish cemetery that was for minors during the gold rush. And part of me is like, well, I should be buried there just as l- one of the only Jews from Yuba City. Yes. I think you should. Yes. Well, we'll, we'll see what I can do. You should do put here. yourself in gold. Not to put you back in the ocean, but there is one option which has both cremation and ocean, which okay. you can have your cremated we remains. We burn the ocean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> set We're the ocean on, on fire. We're very close to doing that. Yeah, if they can set Lake Erie on fire, I'm sure it's just, you know, an expansion pack. That was a test yeah. run. Yep. But um, you can get your cremated remains mixed into concrete, a concrete reef, and then all the coral reefs can grow off of it, so it, like, rebuilds the reefs. No, my dad's a cement mason, and so, no. I don't <laughs> want to validate it in that way. Yeah. Just a question for you. He really did appreciate me. Um, <laughs> He did not. No, he didn't. He did not appreciate me. Is that what you do what you do? I'm getting, are we good? Are we going to lock the gates? <laughs> um, Josh and I, if we are cremated at the resurrection of the dead, will, will, will we be, when after the Moshiach comes, will we be eligible for the resurrection of the dead, Megan? Well, that's a theological, that's a Jewish theological question. Okay. So sure. You so can, sure. You, I, I'm going to say yes. Okay. How about? I assume but, um, there's going to be a thousand little S's yeah. like an evil dead. Yeah. I uh, mean, Jews are getting way more comfortable with cremation these days than they were for a long, long time. So. There's, like, that was a Holocaust joke, you guys. <laughs> no, was it? I did not make it. No, I thought it was a Gaza joke is, because yeah. of all the bombing that Jews are doing right now. My last name is Rosenblum, saying. <laughs> Um, we're all Jews here. They uh, <laughs> Jews sure. weren't supposed to get <laughs> cremated because you have to like have physical bodies for resu- the resurrection. To become a golem. Uh, <laughs> my question was always, after the Messiah comes, is a gigantic lump of liposuction fat and nose pieces going to show up <laughs> at the borders of Israel and say, I am a citizen? <laughs> Well, it could if they yes. just opened a Walmart in Israel. <laughs> then they could happen now. Let's move on to Grant. Grant, what is your all-time desert island death ritual? <laughs> What's your death wish? Um, 
Gosh. Well, I'm glad we've been talking about, uh, you know, returning the energy to, you know, where you've been drawing it from and, and putting it back. With that in mind, I want to make sure that my burial is uh, spreading all my gifts across the internet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wanna, your gifts I wanna, are your gifts. Yeah, yeah. I w- that's that's my gift to humanity. Eternal I, gift. I'm, you know, I'm like everybody else. I just want, you know, I just want, you know, just a simple, you know, uh, cremation, no big fuss. You know, sure, I'd like a boat lit on fire, but nothing fancy. Uh, honestly, yeah, I just, I just, you know, just a cremation. Couple people crying, couple being, couple people being like, "Yeah, he wasn't so bad," and then that would be satisfying for me. We all kind of comedians here. Uh, I'm excluding you, Megan. Okay. We all kind of want our memorial service to be a show, right? Absolutely, like <laughs> yeah, like a party. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I, all my vices. Do all my vices. I want to roast. Yeah. yeah, I want. I, I don't want to be cremated. I want to be roasted. I want my loved ones to get stage time. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I want Stacey Androsky. <laughs> uh, to go up on stage and just talk about how she uh, wanted me to be gay my whole life. <laughs> like, like, like I, I, I want my dad to go, well, I'm pretty sure he was. Like, and I want that to get a laugh. Yeah. I would also like a show, and I want that like montage that they do at the Oscars, but I want it to just be me every time. <laughs> The same song and everything, and, and then people, they just like slip in. People slowly, like, slowly <laughs> clap less and yeah, less. Exactly. Like, no, but you get, but you get birds for the grants, grants grant. that we liked more. <laughs> Ooh, 2012. Oh, grant. 2012 oh, grant. That yeah, was yeah, primo that was grant. Good, that was I don't year. know about 2013 <laughs> grant. He was. I. Uh, he's no longer booking a show at that going, point in time. <laughs> he's going through that thing. Yeah. So we have had a lot of fun and uh, have kind of gone past the. Uh, we've had a lot of fun here, guys. Huh? Uh, we've, we've we've kind of like organically uh, grass fed uh, had a conversation, but I want to talk about one thing. This is one thing that I, uh, I wrote down that I want to bring up. Uh, I want to talk about how you are remembered after you die. I read in some dumb game, like there was one of those party games. I let games. go of that. I think you don't want to be remembered at all. No, I mean I let go of trying to control it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's there's things that I can do that I want to do the way I want to do them, right? And but the way people perceive that, I can only control in a in a certain. There's only a certain amount of it I can control. A- absolutely. And I think once I let go of that, it let everything else be a little easier. Because you're not stuck. Because <clears throat> I feel like all, all comedians at, at some point just kind of want to be like, uh, I, I I just you know maybe 20 years after I'm dead. Some kid has a shitty day, and then like I like they get to see what I did, and then their day's a little better, either consciously or. Uh, I think my biggest fear is I'll be more popular dead than I am alive. You don't want to be a Picasso. <laughs> or, I mean, or a, I mean, either way, I guess it's cool. But like, wouldn't you want to enjoy people liking what you do? Yeah, Billy, yeah. I was gonna say, I think the stuff you were saying earlier that you might be a little too psychologically healthy to be a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to break it to you, wow. but just being like, I'm not going to control this, you know. And and the the other stuff you were saying about how you've you um, haven't been afraid of death, and you're just, you know, um, you've kind of processed all well, these like, things already at your age is pretty impressive, I have to say. Oh, um, thanks. And that's coming from a death <laughs> expert, dude. Yeah. So you could oh. die right now. Well, like DM, I did DMT for the first time in Bridgetown with uh, Shane Moss. Um, I want to give him credit because that shit's hard to find. And he was right. He's like, I found it. And when I find it, you have to get a lot. And I was like, okay. And then I did it. And then now I've What is DMT? I couldn't tell you the exact, you know, it's 
you know, I couldn't tell you what THC stands for because I can't pronounce it. But it's a chemical. Basically, it's a chemical that every living thing produces, plants, animals. And the theory is uh, when we're born, our Kendall, body. Kendall Jenner? Yes. Okay. yes. You name <laughs> anybody. Anna Nicole Smith? Okay. Yeah. Yes, they had it. Barely. Yeah. Uh, technically. Um, and. Uh, Carl Rove? Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, we don't. He could be a reptilian. He still could be a, yeah, a lizard person. Yeah. What about Rockbiter from the Neverending Story? Yeah, dude. Okay. Probably. Probably has DMT. <laughs> um, body Crusher has it. Bone Crusher. Bone Crusher has a ton of it. Uh, well, and supposedly your body's flooded with it when you're born, and you're, it's flooded with it right before you die. And it also is released. So I so it's. <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, it's released in, when you have REM uh, sleep, like when you have dream, like real REM dreams. It's released a little bit. Oh. But your body, that's why uh, it, it, that, that idea of like. There's the, a lot of adrenaline the white tunnel. with it too. Yeah. Like when you smoke it, that's what, doing it with Shane helped because he's done it a bunch. Um, and everyone sees the same thing that's doing it. It's not like like if you're doing mushrooms and everybody's like, like you're, you see something different than I see over here. It's a, everyone, there's been government studies that. Say that that corroborate this. Everyone sees the same thing, which is, um, it's different every time. I know, right? <laughs> but the thing I got out of it, uh, and I'm that all, doesn't make any sense. So everybody, I know it doesn't. Thing. It, it doesn't make any, any sense, but it makes the most sense because it's a natural occurring thing that happens in your body. Okay. And so it's the the, the thing that people see that, and it's very complicated too. What you're seeing, so mm-hmm. like, and it go it slowly goes away. Like when you're. It only lasts about seven or eight to ten minutes at the most. You have to keep your eyes closed. If you open your eyes, it's kind of over, and then it just slowly dissipates. Um, Shane knew enough. He was like, let's talk about it when we were done because it it disappears. It's like a dream because mm-hmm. you, your dream kind of. And there are parts of it I still see vividly, like, like vivid dreams Same I've here. had. So, but we did discuss these things, and he was looking – at something different, but it was very similar in what we were seeing. The overall thing was the same, so it was it was fascinating. And my thing I'm always searching for is peace. And when I I came to this point when I was on it, and it it, it hit me, it was like, well, maybe pe- finding peace is just accepting death and going into the other on the other side, and that's where true peace is at is accepting that. And I was like, uh, and I, that's when I opened my eyes. It was about six and a half minutes. I opened my eyes. I was like, I am not ready to be okay with. I'm not ready <laughs> <laughs> to accept that yet, because there's some shit I still want to do. Like I was like, okay. And then I was hanging out with like a domian and then those guys afterwards. And I was like, so if you, if I don't wake up tomorrow, could you just tell everyone I died of acceptance? <laughs> 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 I uh, I did it weird. I you smoked it, I assume. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you're literally smoking death uh, and dreams, uh, and uh, it lasts for seven <laughs> minutes, but it feels like a couple hours. Uh, I I smoked it out of a bong, and I coughed on my first hit, and they were like, oh, because if you cough, uh, if you don't take enough, you just kind of see really pretty colors for a few minutes, and that's about it. Um, what, what most people say is that an, an otherworldly being comes to you and goes, here are the secrets. Do you want to know the secrets? And they take you to the moon or a palace or somewhere. They just take you somewhere. That's what <laughs> a lot of people have said uh, in uh, like government studies and shit well, like Well, like Shane said, his thing was he always sees somebody going like this. Come here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I never see that. I didn't see it mm. myself. 
But uh, uh, there's a. a Dozens, if not hundreds of people have said that they see somebody beckoning come closer. I didn't because I took two hits in a row that was really weird. And what happened to me was everything became sort of like an animated GIF uh, where it was just repeating over. And my eyes, I don't know if they were open or closed. Um, And then I heard a voice that wasn't me, but it was in my head. And the voice was like, so is this it? And I was like, is what it? And the voice is like, is this what? this is what happens when you die and I was like oh I I don't know <laughs> and the voice was like well would that be okay and I was like oh I don't think so would it and then we I, I built my life in blocks like I had little blocks of me that I like I was like I don't need to be afraid of spiders anymore and like, <laughs> like little I had these little like cubes of existence that I, I brought back and then afterwards the voice that wasn't me that was in my head was like you got some stuff, and then I woke up. Like you got You still got to do some stuff, and then I was just like, "Okay." Was that the inspiration for the podcast? Uh, that was a big inspiration for yeah. the podcast. It is, seems like that might be. Yeah, I uh, I love that. I love uh, what you guys were both saying, especially Billy, about legacy. What a rational and uh, mature and intelligent way to approach it. I think sometimes when people are focused on legacy, it can sometimes lead to a lot of good things, but it seems a bit when you think about it, like to be sort of a form of like narcissism. Well, it's like tied to money have now. To, ha- people have to remember me. And then I think sometimes you see people do dangerous things because they want to be remembered no mm-hmm. matter what. Sometimes it's like really good things. Oh, I want this to be my imprint on the world. But of course, sometimes it's very bad things just so that people well, remember I think it's, them. Well, I yeah. think it's more like like people make fun of the Bohemian Grove and you guys know what that is? The Bohemian, no, no, you don't yeah. know what the Bohemian Grove is? No. It's, it's in Northern California around San Francisco. It's... It's this fucking uh, camp where a lot of CEOs and it was like political. It's a, it's a club for rich guys. That's what exactly it is, and they okay. do like ritual shit. Like they do this thing called the cremation of care and all this stuff. And people are like, oh, you know, they're sacrificing this baby, and oh, so it's know. like Bilderberg or yes, whatever. it's very similar to Bilderberg, but it's the same type of powerful What's people. Bilderberg. It's that's, uh, that's just like a group creepier. of like Illuminati people meeting up. It's the same, similar, but they do this thing called the cremation of care, mm-hmm. and I think that that is, it's being in a fraternity and stuff and seeing stuff and how those little things work, like those little groups and all the ritual and bullshit, they don't necessarily believe that, but it is the ritual, and it helps them, as a CEO of a big company like that, you have to make fucked up decisions every day. You have to ruin someone's life every single day. Yeah, for this thing you see as the greater good. So people see that, and it's like, I don't think they see the vast. So the to see the vastness, I think what people should do is they should uh, check out maybe a death salon. Yeah, I yes. think they should uh, look at other cultures and how they deal with death, and I certainly think that they should do DMT. What's a death salon? That's my thing. Um, I run a like series events all over the world called death salon where we get together you know artists, artists intellectuals intellectuals and do the hair of dead people <laughs> yeah. oh just talk about death yeah. in general but I, unfortunately we have to we have to wrap up but we will have a link to death salon yeah. uh on the uh vice page uh but yeah we we went a little bit over time but this was super fun and mm-hmm. uh very interesting and awesome and i thank you all for being here thank you for having thank us. you for yes. having us. this was great this thank was you fun. Uh, this has been What Happens When You Die, uh, the Entitlement Podcast. I'm Josh Androsky for Vice. 
Uh, as always, um, don't die. Bye.